0: in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch.
2: Hello, this is Yowie Central back after quite a few weeks off. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah. I had a really rough old time. You know when life suddenly sometimes throws you a whole lot of curveballs all at the same time and goes, show me what you got, see how you deal with all of this shit. (laughs) So that's kind of what happened. I, I was leaving the farm, heading down to uh, the airport to go to Cairns to fly up and, and be in uh, Cade Moyer's Believe live show with Dean Harrison of Australian Yowie Research. And I didn't get as far as the airport. I, I, I'd left the farm, drove down our really bad road and because it was so wet, the road actually doesn't have the, the gravel topping that it should have it's just this terrible limestone clay base which turns into basically sludgy slippery muddy soupy stuff <laughs> and i was driving our land cruiser and it just started sliding out of control and I, I corrected but slightly overcorrected a couple of times and then all of a sudden i was airborne and i flipped and i wasn't even going very fast but it it was just so slippery That the car kind of flipped and rolled and I ended up landing on the side of the car and my poor fly boy thought I was dead for a minute because he saw my, my hand sticking out the door, trying to open the door and it was just this white limp hand and he thought I was dead for a moment. so it was very, very traumatic. Um, we somehow, you know, I survived somehow, the dogs who were in the car somehow survived without really being hurt at all. Um, but we did trash the the very expensive Land Cruiser. So that was quite traumatic. And then we just had this whole series of, of events, including major flooding at the farm, um, which sort of Kept creeping up over the the space of a, a few weeks, so it was it was quite a few weeks of like tension and anxiety and and cortisol pumping through your system, and it was really really horrible. And we ran over the dog as well on top of everything else. Um, we she's all right now, but we actually drove over the top of her, and she had a tire mark over her middle. The poor darling. Luckily, she is a little brick of a dog. She's a little staffy. Uh, I think if it had been either of the other two, they, they wouldn't have survived it, but she did. Thank the universe for that. But yes, floods and crashes and uh, it's just been really, really intense. But I I did top it off with a fabulous birthday a couple of weeks ago and uh, that sort of shook off all the, the bad stuff and the bad vibes and... Uh, it sort of helped me get my mojo back, and I'm I'm so excited to be back bringing you the Yowie Essential Show again. Uh, I might not get one out every week at the moment. I'll just do as much as I can. Um, I'll I'll try, but it might be every you know week or every couple of weeks. I really wanted to thank each and every one of you who sent me messages of support and encouragement. Uh, I, I read every single one and I was so touched. I really was feeling very low and you really made a difference to my, my state of mind and I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you all lifted me up and uh, I, I'm, I'm very grateful. Thank you. I will be back to interviewing witnesses now too, slowly but surely, so uh, I'll be in touch with those who were patiently waiting for me to get back in the saddle. If you don't hear from me and you were expecting to, please send me another email. I've got a couple of months' worth of emails that I haven't really uh, followed up or looked at, so if I've missed you and you've fallen through the cracks, uh, please get in touch with me again and remind me that I need to contact you. And... If you have an experience that you haven't shared with me yet, I am taking new submissions now. If you want to send me an email with your story and come on the show to share that, you can get in touch with me at yowiecentral at gmail.com or via Facebook Messenger. I also wanted to... Say a very special thank you to Uncle Donnie and Auntie Luna, and Auntie Luna's husband, Carl, from Spirit Quest House. Carl is a spiritual healer and psychic. And Daryl, the shaman, the shamanic healer. And Jazz, for the healing and support that you gave Flyboy and I after the car accident and all the other crap that happened. I really, really appreciate your your help. That really meant so much to us and it really made a difference to how we were coping with everything. So thank you. And the final shout-out today goes to my fantastic team, Jazz and Kaz, for keeping an eye on the Yowie Central Facebook group. I just wanted to give a little gentle reminder about that Facebook group. It, it's different to other Facebook groups, especially on this subject, in that we try really hard to keep it a safe, kind space. So unlike many other groups on this subject, um, which can get kind of nasty and there's a lot of argy-bargy, there's a lot of people uh, ridiculing other people and laughing at them and, and just being really unkind and and what I've tried to create with that Facebook group is is a, is a different kind of space that doesn't have that same old shit going on. Uh, so, if you want to be part of the Yao Essential Facebook group, you are warmly welcome. Um, but just a reminder that if you If you laugh at other people's posts and you are unkind and you call people names, it's not in the spirit of this particular group. There are lots of other groups where that goes on and you can go and join those. But in this particular group, uh, just think very carefully before you fling lower vibrational words or emojis around. If you've seen a Yowie or any other strange entity and you've been busting to tell someone about it but you're afraid no one will believe you or or people will make fun of you, you've come to the right place. Here at Yowie Central, both in the Facebook group and my show, we won't laugh at you and we won't think you're crazy. If you've had a sighting or, or an intense encounter with a Yowie or some other strange cryptid creature or you've got spirits or aliens floating around or anything else kooky and spooky, get in touch with me at yowessential at gmail.com or via the Yowiesential Messenger group. I am on Instagram and Twitter as well, but I don't look at them quite as much as I might look at Messenger. So... Uh, You can get in touch with me via Instagram and Twitter as well, but be patient because I might not get back to you straight away. So let's get into it this week. I'm so excited to share this this story with you. Uh, This week's guest would have to be one of the bravest, strongest women I've spoken to, and you'll see why when she shares her story with us. Leanne joins us today to share her Yowie sighting and her paranormal experiences, and they are mind-blowing. I'll let her tell the story, so let's just jump into it straight away. Here's Leanne.
1: I was ice skating back then. He was a competitive ice skater. And um, I had joined the Army, and I'd come back for a break and caught up with some old friends. And these friends were still at uni, but, you know, pretty fit blokes. And they said, you know, why don't you come camping with us? We, you know, they were going to do a bit of sailing and whatever. And I said, yeah, righto. I went completely unorganised. I had nothing. But anyway, um, we went to this place. I think it was called Long Point um, near Talong. And we hiked down. It was very steep. And we abseiled across a few rock faces and did a bit of rock jumping and whatever. You know, this place was quite inaccessible that we went to. And we got down there and it was a lovely sandy beach. Not a lot of water, probably only mm, 20 metres wide, but shallow. You know, you could walk across it very easily, only probably knee deep at the most. We sat up. It took us all day to get down there. and We had a bit of a play, you know, with the ball, soccer and whatever. And did stupid things as, well, I think I was 20 at the time, 20 year olds do. And we ate. And, of course, like you do when you're camping, you go to bed. So we all got in our tents and went out like a light. But during the night we kept, and this is what I've just realised, during the night we had things falling on the tent. You know, just little, you know, like dumb nuts falling off a tree or moisture dripping from a branch. And I thought nothing of it because I'm a light sleeper. The others were blokes and they sleep like logs. Anyway, this went on all night. Just strange things, noises mm. outside, which, you know, I put down to a kangaroo, you know, just slowly hopping bit by bit past and whatever. About five in the morning, I got up to go to the loo and went off into the bush. was having a bit of a squat there in the bush, and I looked up, and there he was, up across from us, across the stream, up on a rock ledge, watching me. Now, it's all sandstone through there, and it was funny sandstone colouring because it was yellow, like sandstone, but it was a red Tinge to it. And he was standing in front of the red tinge, and there was a cave behind it. Now, he crouched down, and that's when I saw the bottoms of his feet. Like, you could see that they were like padded, and the hair was dropping at the sides of it. Um, And we, we made eye contact, like, for probably, it felt like ages, but probably five seconds. Anyway, I stood up took a few steps, looked up again, and he was gone, completely gone. I don't know where he went. He was down on a ledge. He's either had to jump down onto that ledge or he's come out of the cave. Um, I don't think he could have climbed the ledge. But at the time, I didn't put two and two together that maybe those things falling on our tent weren't falling. Um, Now I think back and I've looked back at a photo. uh, we were on the sand. There was no tree above us, so there was no gum nuts falling on the tree. There were no drips from a branch. I don't know where they came from. Maybe after I started looking into this stuff, maybe he was throwing things. I never said a word to anyone. I just, <laughs> I actually got back in my my friend's tent. Um, I think he thought he was getting lucky, and. Curled up there. (laughs) I wasn't going back into my tent. No, I don't blame you. (laughs) Curled up there and didn't say a word the whole way home. And I haven't said a word ever since. And I've been looking for him for the last few years to make contact and actually tell him what had happened because I was very quiet leaving and I'm pretty sure they thought something was wrong. They probably thought they'd done something wrong. Yeah, that was, you know, basically part of Bungonia.
2: Part of Bungonia, as in Bungonia.
1: In the gorge. Not really far from where the South Marulan mine used to be. How long's the other side of Goulburn? I'm just trying to get it on my map too. Oh,
2: that's right, that's right, because I remember, because when you sent me your message, I looked it up uh, and we had... We have sightings there. I'm just looking it up on our Ayr map now, and there's there's a few at Talong. Are there? Uh, we've got uh, two at um, Wingella, which is not which is just nearby. Wingello. Where, where? Wingello. W i n g e l o. Oh, Wingello. Okay. Wingello. Yeah, Wingello.
1: yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> you've just bought something else to me. Um, I did a diploma in conservation and land management and ecology and stuff. For a few years, not too long ago, and one of the boys there was from the fire brigade with Wingerlow, and I told him about it, and he said most people around Wingerlow have had some sort of sighting or running with Yowie's.
2: Ah, oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah.
1: Actually we so do have
2: can... looking at our AYR map, we do have an audio report from nineteen ninety um, at Talong. So that might have that, that, that might be actually mine. be yours. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Cool. Oh that's good to know. So look, there's Long Point. So I found it on the map. Yeah, down. Long the bottom point. There. Hang on, let me see. So that is Long Point. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay. Might have even been Badgery Spur Walking Track we went down, actually. That probably looks more like what we went down.
2: Can I take you back to when you you've, you've it's at five o'clock in the morning. You've gotten up to go. Was it five o'clock in the morning? You said you got up yeah, to go to the toilet. Yeah. So you get up to go to, yeah. the, to the loo, and you've done your business, and you happen to look up, and there, across a creek, yeah, uh, up on up on a ledge is one of our hairy friends. How far away was? this being, from you?
1: Um, straight across, he was probably only 15, 20 metres, but up high, so probably 100 metres up. 100 metres up. Uh, no, probably more 60 to 80 metres up. Okay. Not far at all. Like, And that's what scared the crap out of me was the fact that he could have come down quite easily. We wouldn't have got away. <laughs> no, no, you
2: know, if he really wanted to get you, we probably would have. It would have easily. So you've you've spotted this this being sixty to eighty metres up, fifty to twenty metres away. was he standing at that
1: point or squatting down? He was standing at the at the beginning. How how tall and do you reckon he, he was? Uh, he was built like an AFL player. Wow. Very athletic. Very athletic. And he was well over six foot. So maybe seven foot, eight foot. I've got a friend who's seven foot, and I'd say he was a little bigger than him.
2: So we'll say seven and a half, eight foot tall?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was looking up at him, so it's hard to get that perspective. And, of course, I was in shock. Yeah, of course. I I didn't know what I'd seen. Honestly, I didn't know what I'd seen. And I I think I was just wondering the whole time, was it a shadow? Was it real? He blended so well.
2: And and so oh so he was, what color was he? Was he the same color as that? The as sandstone? the reddish
1: sandstone? Yeah, yeah, reddish sandstone. He was a, a, like a deep burgundy, reddy color.
2: How wide mm-hmm. across the shoulders? Do you think?
1: Not overly wide, I don't think. Um Oh, God, I'm no good at measurement. I'm hopeless at measurements, actually.
2: That's totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. If you, if you don't know the answers to any of the questions, don't don't stress at all.
1: Maybe maybe about 50, 60 centimetres wide.
2: You, you're you using the word he, so I'm guessing that the feeling you got was that this was a male. Yeah, head? I felt he
1: was a he. he. I didn't see anything that said he was a he, but I just felt he was a he. He was built like a he. There were no boobs.
2: No boobs and no not, genitals that you could see.:
1: Not that I could see. It was very long and ha- lot, long hair around that area, right.
2: a bit you know like
1: uh, a orangutan type hair around that area. so: well, was the hair
2: uniform thickness from head to toe, or were there patches no. where it was, it was sparser?:
1: It was different um, over his thighs. It was a lot thinner and shorter his face wasn't at all hairy
2: it wasn't no
1: okay. there, maybe a little bit coming in from the top of his ear on his cheekbone but his face wasn't didn't look very I mean he was a fair way away but I didn't notice any long dangling hair there
2: so if, if the if the face didn't wasn't entirely covered in hair you could see some of the skin right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. What, what color was that skin it was like human-type colour, maybe a little darker, um, more reddish than the average human.
2: As in, as in the Caucasian human? Yeah. Or an
1: African-American human? No, 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 no African-American there. He was like a white, you and I, um, whitish but with a more reddish tinge to his face i i can't under you know where pinky yes he was more ready but there was no darkness like he wasn't black he wasn't brown he yeah he wasn't any of those colors and And his hands were the same hands were like leather by the look of them but i mean i only saw really the outside and the thumb okay so they looked quite human from a distance
2: Let's just go back up to the face for for a second, or the head. Mm. So, the head that you could see, Mm. what shape was it? It wasn't much different to my husband's. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking to like like a round, a round shaped head.
1: Well, no, he's Welsh, and he has quite a long head. Um, (laughs) It was quite a a big head, a long head. Um very little neck and could you see the eyes oh he had eyes but no I couldn't see that good
2: okay so you couldn't see you couldn't make out the 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 irises or color of the eyes
1: no I can't even tell you if he had eyebrows to be honest um I don't think I even looked at that
2: did you get the feeling that there was a a a brow ridge across the top with a with the eyes deep set yeah 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 what about the nose? What shape was the nose?
1: Oh, it was a flat, yeah, a very, very flat nose, big and flat, you know, big nostrils, broad nostrils.
2: And the, the, the mouth, did you notice any movement of the mouth? Did the being move its mouth at all?
1: I don't think I did. he did. Um, it, it was quite a wide mouth. Like, I mean, it was a a wide mouth with big lips. I know that much. What colour were the lips? I've got a purpley colour in my head, but I really don't know because they were were shut. They weren't the sort of lips that stand out, you know what I mean? They were very thin lips, a bit like a horse's mouth, you know, it's sort of, there's no outside of the lips.
2: Oh, yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Quite prominent. They stuck out. Right. Like his, his whole mouth was it stuck out. Like he had big teeth or something inside. Ah, a bit like a gorilla, maybe. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, like a gorilla. Yeah.
2: You know how there's in gorillas have quite a long distance, the filtrum. So that that mm-hmm. that those two lines underneath yep. your nostrils yep. that go down to your lips. The that filtrum area is quite long. Um, yes. In a gorilla. Yes.
1: Yep. And then there's yep. nice yeah. and fat and did you notice any ears i didn't i think there was hair over them i think there must have been Uh, but they must have been like on the sides because if they were on the top they'd have stuck up through the hair so they must have been on the side
2: we've covered the head and the facial features and you've described the shoulders a little bit what about the the chest and moving down into the torso? So was it a big muscular chest? Was it a a, a big muscular torso in general?
1: It was he was very fit. I wouldn't say he was built like a bodybuilder, he was built like an AFL player, you know, he had the, the very defined chest muscles. Um and I know that because there wasn't much hair across there. It tended to drape down At the top and around, but there wasn't a lot of hair on his chest bits. And then around his tummy, it thinned out a bit, and then it became quite long from there down. So, probably from the belly button down, it it became quite long.
2: What about the arms? Were they long arms in comparison to, in in proportion to its body compared to a human?
1: They were very long. Very long arms.
2: Where did they reach down to?
1: Um, Well past his waist, um, almost down to his knees. And at first I thought he was slouching and that's why they looked long. But before he squatted down, he stood up. And now I'm thinking that was sort of a dominance thing, I, I think. He stood right up and they were still very long. So, so, so when yeah. you first saw him... Almost down to his knees.
2: Okay. And so when, when you first saw him, he was standing, but as you looked at him, he, he sort of stood a bit more upright. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Stood right up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he slouched down onto his one knee
2: and foot. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so, he cr- So he crouched down onto one leg.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was sort of, you know how you sort of sit on the heel of one foot and the other foot's in front? Yes. For yep. balance, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I could see that the bottom of his foot was padded. And
2: it was the same it, colour as the rest of the skin?
1: No, it was a grey colour, more grey. It could have been dirt.
2: Yeah, it could have been. Did you happen to notice the toes?
1: Didn't see any toes, no. Okay,
2: yeah. And the the... What about the legs? So did you get the feeling they were uh, long legs, short legs, in proportion to
1: its torso? He was beautifully built. Um, He had lovely legs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like
2: an AFL player. (laughs) (laughs) He was just beautiful, to be
1: honest. And that's what I was admiring. He was just beautiful. Um, But, yeah, he, he he was longer in the thigh. And I believe his arms were longer at the top to the elbow. And d- I believe that was sort of proportionate, the arms and the thighs. Did you notice the hands? I saw his hands, one hand side on, I saw the thumb. Can't tell you anything too precise, except that there was hair sort of drooping down from the wrist onto them. The, the inside of the hand, I'm pretty sure, was just skin. But the outside, had hair, long draping hair, but, you know, I I think it would have stopped probably around the knuckles. I think the hair I saw was from further up the arm, you know what I mean? It was draping. I saw more at the back of the hand on my side than the other hand. He was very confident. He wasn't at all phased.
2: Right, so I, I was going to ask you, when he spots you and you spot him, did, did the, was there any facial expressions or any emotion that appeared to pass
1: across the face? Very, very, he had a poker face. Yeah, no. But at the same time, I felt as though he was intimidating, not scary. I didn't fear him, but he was intimidating. When he stood up right upwards, I believe he was just letting me know I'm here and I'm bigger than you. (laughs) Mm.
2: Yeah, potentially. Okay, so you're you're looking at at him. Mm. Interesting that then he he squats down onto his haunches.
1: I wonder why he did Mm. that.
2: Why do you think he did that?
1: I have no idea. um, He had remained really still. But as soon as I made eye contact, he moved. So either he thought, she's seen me, or he thought, I don't know, maybe he was going to move back into that darker part of the sandstone to try and hide, or I have no idea why he did that. But then he disappeared.
2: Maybe, maybe he didn't want to frighten you. You know how if you're talking to a little kid and rather than loom over them, you, you squat down in front of them to get to, to meet their eye level? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't maybe. know, just a thought that crossed crossed my mind.
1: At the time, I thought on the way home, um, maybe he squatted because he was on a ledge and he thought he was less visible from down below.
2: Yeah, maybe. Because he
1: was less visible when he squatted. You know, most of his body disappeared. Um,
2: right. Well, then that's probably more likely why he he squatted then, because he was trying to hide from you.
1: Yeah, but he knew I'd seen him already. I mean, we we eyeballed each other. It was very intense. I wasn't the same again. (laughs) I don't know what he did, but I was not the same again. Like, even coming back up, they had to actually rescue me. I froze on the rock ledge. And up until then, I had no fear. Um, And yet going back, I really struggled. He really put me off. Whatever he did to me, he put me off. Struggled to... To... I struggled I struggled with the because we'd had sailed and whatever down there so we had to climb and at one stage we had to go just there was just enough on the edge of the rock face for probably a quarter of our foot and we sort of hugged the rock and you know slid across and, and I I froze on the edge of the rock face and they had to come and tie a rope and guide me across and you know things that I would never have was out on, all of a sudden I couldn't do. Um, jumping from rock to rock I was, you know, stumbling, which foot first, um, can I make it? I was just off all the way back.
2: You were potentially yeah. in, in shock I would say. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And so what, what was going through your mind at that so you 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 just look up and you happen to spot this this being standing there and then it's quite what what's going through your mind at the time? Did you oh, know?
1: I didn't know. I didn't know if it was because as I said he was it's all sandstone there which is a, a a light yellow, and there was a stain of a reddish sandstone. On the yellow, and at the time I wasn't sure if that was. What I was seeing and then it moved and that's when I realised no that's alive. Yeah. Um, but I really wasn't thinking anything, I was mainly thinking what the hell is it? Is it real? Um, is it a shadow? I, I, I couldn't make sense of it because it was blended so well with that red staining behind it on the sandstone it took a fair bit. Be- and then when I got in there and I laid down and I thought about it, I thought, oh my God, I think that was a Bigfoot. So you anyway, a, you... I went back out a few times and he wasn't there. So that was even more scary because then I didn't know where he was.
2: And you had heard of – you'd heard of Bigfoot before, obviously, then if, you, if, you, if that crossed your mind.
1: Oh, look, I, I grew up in Padstow in Sydney in the 70s I was born in 1970 and there was always stories of people along Henry Lawson Drive who had run-ins with Bigfoot or Yowie's and I was only a kid so and we used to play games we played in Salt Pan Creek which was not that far from my house and um, we used to play games you know oh there's a Yowie you know and so no it was quite familiar to us I just didn't want to see one, I don't think.
2: <laughs> That's fair, fair enough too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen one. And I think in the back of my mind, I probably doubted that they'd seen it. You know, when my mum was always saying, oh, your brother's been drinking. You know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and did... Because it was usually seen by fishermen early morning on the Georges River there. And, you yeah, know, they were usually fishermen that drank a lot. Right, local, local. <laughs> so it was always a doubt.
2: And did it? So, so you you're you're kind of in shock. You're thinking maybe it's Bigfoot. Did you then? Ex, well, you actually you said to me earlier you didn't say anything to the people you were with.
1: I said nothing. Wow. I wonder almost, why. Almost on the way home, I said nothing. I sat in that car silent, and I don't remember coming home. I don't remember any of it. So I don't know what happened there, but I must have just blocked the whole thing out, I think.
2: And and those friends that you went away with, you, you haven't had much contact with them since?
1: No, none at all. I mean, one of them came around and, you know, I had three blokes coming at the same time at that time. I was trying to work out which one I liked. A popular girl. <laughs> it just happened all of a sudden, too. <laughs> how, how lovely! <laughs> how flattering! <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, he he disappeared, and I chose another bloke. But I'd still like to catch up with him. He was a good friend for many years.
2: But did um, it? Did it? Did that experience change you
1: spiritually? Over a period of years, it did. Yeah, over a period of years, it, little things started to ring bells in my head um, and at first I ignored it and just got on with life because you know, I was just a young city person who wanted you know the latest brand lipstick and whatever, um, so I was preoccupied with that. But then I slowed down and met my husband and, yeah, I started to think about it more. And that's when I started to think, yeah, that's what I saw. And I'm going to look this up a bit more. And and of course, we didn't have much internet in the 80s or the 90s. Um, and I'm in the country. We moved to the country in 2000 where the internet still wasn't good. So then about probably five, ten years ago, I started actually getting on the internet and looking things up. And I went, yeah there's more to this than what I thought. Maybe that is more what I saw, and maybe what was landing on the tent wasn't gum nuts. You know what I mean It was yeah you know, a lot of things started to to ring true.
2: There's a good chance if there wasn't anything above you. No, not, if there weren't any trees above you then and you notice things falling on your tent, then it's it's entirely plausible that this hairy hairy man was piffing things at your at your tent to get your attention
1: exactly yeah, yeah, but I mean, at the time I wouldn't have even thought that they would do that you know? and and that's why when I listen to people who are completely shocked and walk through territory that you know, I'm looking at going, you yeah, that's something you should be worried about. I can understand because you don't link these things. You just go, you know, oh, that's a strange tree or that's a strange structure or someone's throwing things at me, Stop it, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're not putting things together going, oh, hang on, this is, there's a, a, a being out there called a yowie that's trying to get my attention. You're not really thinking that.
1: Well, you don't stop to think that, What can throw something at you in this bush that would have a thumb? Exactly. You don't don't think of that. Yeah. You don't.
2: It can only be dropped on you by a bird or thrown by something with a a hand, with a thumb.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole area is is full of koalas, including where I live, and their growl on its own is enough (laughs) to
2: scare the crap out of you. Yeah, the koala's growl (laughs) is is fierce. Um, Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a worry when they growl. They sure um, are. And even like the kangaroos here, I've got one of a night, he growls at me, you know, does he? Yeah, yeah, as yeah. I walk past the bush. <laughs> um, yeah, so you do tend to just go, oh, there must be a roo there, I'm upsetting. Or... So I can understand people just walking past and not noticing, not thinking twice. It's very easy to do. Yeah, so I never went back to that woods and I didn't realise I was so upset and that's when I started to really get into it was when I was doing my environmental courses, my TAFE class took us to Long Point and we went out on, on the rock that I had just, you know, bounced along last time and I got to the edge, I looked down at that rock where he was and I froze. And I must have gone white because my whole class said, look, you don't have to do it if you don't want. And I just said, no, I'm going back to the bus. So that's when I realised that, yeah, this, and I started actually researching. So, yeah, it was it was a lot. But I've spoken to many of my daughter's friends who lived at Talong. They um, went to school in Melbourne together. And one particular lady said to me that they Often have them. One in particular wanders across the back of their, their farm. And she's quite, quite blase about the whole thing. He's never heard us, you know, he's just going from A to B. Oh, that's and a lot of the keep,
2: time they are, that's all they're doing too. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. She just says, oh, we keep the dog in at night and it's not a problem. That's interesting. Leanne,
2: why don't you tell me about your, well, I guess, could you, can you categorise them as near death? Experience. <laughs> My goodness. What happened? What happened? Tell me was, Tell me what happened.
1: The daughter had gone off to uni, finished uni, moved to Melbourne, had settled, you know, had, had a boyfriend, rental, good job. Ken and I had started doing our own thing, you know, bushwalking, looking for yowies. We've combed most of the remote bushland here. And I was running. I decided I wanted to do a, a half marathon. So we'd gone back to running and getting fit, and COVID hit. And I thought we I was I was working in remote Aboriginal communities in the Northern Territory. So we were kicked out. And who was there either had to stay, but we couldn't be coming in and out because you know we could bring COVID and kill an entire community. So I was home from work and I went to the flu shot, very basic down to the local clinic and die, the nurse, they said I'd like to do an ECG and a few other things while you're here and I said yeah right." so she did an ECG and it had a bleep in it just a little mark and they, none of them could work out what it was so they sent me to a cardiologist just to check because I was turning 50 that year and you know, things start to go wrong the cardiologist couldn't work out he did all sorts of tests and he said "Look, I'm, I'd like to do an angiogram and have a look, he said Um, And if there's a blockage, put a stent in because of your age. And I said, yeah, right. Trust him there. Well, when he went in, he accidentally nicked the artery in my heart. Oh, no. And it bled profusely. And, of course, then the nurse didn't plug the blood thinners in. And clots formed in my heart, lungs, arms, legs, brain. I had numerous strokes. They sent me home numerous times. they kept telling me my heart was dying. No, they were checking the troponin levels and that tells whether the heart's dying or not. And it was getting worse yeah. and worse and worse. But they kept sending me home. Anyway, in the end, um, I did three visits back to the big hospital in the city where I was transported. And in the end, I was flown. Um, that was in a coma all the way to the city. I was dead on arrival, but I watched that. It, it's only been the last three months. But I've realised that, this is the weird stuff, that the lady that opened the door for us, I remembered saying to someone, geez, this looks like a car park. And no one answered me. And I thought, oh, there's a lady. She opened the door and the bloke wheeling me shook his head no. And she said, all right, take her to, and I don't know where. Well, nothing happened for a long time. Uh, I was obviously in a coma on machines. They put a, a balloon pump in my heart and kept me going and whatever. It was life and death. And, you know, brought the daughter up right through COVID. COVID started to hit real hard then, and Victoria went into lockdown. And it came to a point where apparently they said to my hubby, she's got about six to eight hours, you know, we'll fly the daughter up. So they flew the daughter up. and They went out of their way. It was not a problem for them. Anyway, over the next day, I sort of improved and they moved me to St Vincent's and did all sorts of things to um, keep me alive, put me on an ECMO machine, which it's caused a lot of nerve damage throughout my hands, feet, body. I've got a terrible tremor. Um, It's ruined the muscles. I had to learn to walk again, talk again, eat again. I didn't have any coordination to eat. Um, I was a vegetable for four months in a coma. In that time, it was really funny. When we left St. left the first hospital, a man had been at the bottom of my bed. This man was in navy blue King G pants and a navy blue King G work shirt. And he had Rob on it. And I would wake up every now and then and open my eyes and look at him. And he'd look at me in a reassuring way and walk off. He never said a word, but he meant a lot to me. Anyway, um, when they decided I was well enough to be moved on the Friday, I said to them all, say goodbye to Rob and thank him. That's how much he meant to me. he never said a word. And they said, who's Rob? And I said, I, I can't go unless I see Rob. And they said, there is no Rob. Anyway, they looked high and low and here I was parked at the desk. You know, everyone's trying to find Rob. And, you know, they checked pastoral care and everything, no Rob. Anyway, I thought I was too weak from then to to argue anymore and they took me off. So, you know, I got to St Vincent's and put me on all these machines and, you know, they fried my brain to a degree. Um, But at one stage there, a hand came down now this hand had a, 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 a loose sleeve, a bit like you see in the Jesus photos. I'm not religious at all. I was spiritual, but not religious. This hand was coming down towards me. I I thought I was awake. It stopped when it realised I'd noticed it. And then it came further. And I don't remember anything else except that I woke up much long after. Well. Strange things like that were happening, like they they took me to wards and, you know, the very religious South American wardsmen were saying to me, you know, you've got guardian angels. You've got guardian angels. You know that. You're lucky to be here. And at the time, I was too sick to make any sense of it, you know. But anyway, it worried me for ages and ages and ages. And I've only just once again realised that about – Oh, probably four months ago, I had a really bad week. It's got a, an aortic tear where they removed the leads and it tore my aorta. And the valve in this, I got a transplant. The valve in this heart is a bit dodgy too. And I wasn't well and I, I don't say anything to hubby anymore. I just go to bed. Anyway, that night, I woke up in my bed here at home and Rob was standing at the bottom of the bed. And that's when I realised he didn't work at the hospital. That maybe he was that guardian angel everyone was telling me I had. So the next morning I got up and I was fine again. Off I went. And these sort of things have kept happening. And I didn't believe in any of this beforehand. But for him to turn up in my home that night, And before that, they sent me home. They did a triple bypass and a double valve replacement. I wasn't well enough to go on the list for transplant. So they whipped me off and did that privately and got me well enough to be listed. But because of COVID, the hearts weren't going across the border. So my chances were very limited. And I was sent home basically to die. And that's all I wanted was to die with my dogs on my veranda. And that was fine. And, on the, the the Tuesday, my husband had a terrible time with me getting me out of the shower and dressed, and it was a pretty bad day, and he put me to bed, and then I said to him, "I'm not going to make it, darling." and he said, "I know." Well, lo and behold, that night, there was a light come in. a very bright light came in. and it stood in the corner of the bedroom, it was a bluish, bright light. And it came right over on top of me, and my husband, who was asleep, flicked his arms. So he must have sensed something, and it went. The next day, I woke up, and I was well enough to go to town, get a few things that we liked, and come home. We still thought I was going to die. We thought this was the last breath that people get. Lo and behold, the next morning, they ran and said, We've got a But, you know, that's that, that Saturday prior the Borders open to WA, and my heart came from WA. So, whatever it is, there is something more out there. Uh, yes, and I witnessed it many times. And my proof was when this Rob turned up in my bedroom. There's no saints called Rob that I know of. <laughs> St. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what does he look
2: like? Can you describe him other than the, he the blue He looked like work? your
1: everyday Joe Blow. Honestly, right. he was short. He was stumpy. Um, he had black curly hair, uh, a good head of hair. He wasn't bald at all. He looked about 40-something. He had a cross around his neck. So at one stage I did, when I was leaving, I said to them, maybe he was a padre or something. Nope, he didn't exist. And up until he turned up in my bedroom, I thought maybe they just didn't know about him. Maybe he was a relief pastoral care person. Maybe it was the man next door just coming in. <laughs> i It was the last thing I would have put him down to. Anyway, the, the hand that appeared at St Vincent's, I was on the ECMO machine in intensive care. And when I got well enough to speak, and think, like, to to just think exhausted me. Um, the brain was gone. I eventually asked my hubby, I just said to him, you know, when I was on the ECMO machine, were you allowed in? And he said, no, no one was allowed in, but the nurse and the doctors. And at that point, I realised they would have had gloves on, um, especially during COVID, everyone had gloves on. And the hand had no glove. It was a very strong... Working hand, a big hand, not big um, Clean, but it was a strong working hand, and it did something. You know, I was warm, I felt comfortable, I felt safe, and I came back around. Wow! But at one stage, they were reviving me. It is really funny. They were fighting with this lady. I thought it was the lady in the bed next to me. Apparently, there was no lady in the bed next to me at all. They were fighting with her to intubate her. um, her, They whacked her into a coma. They were fighting to intubate her to fly her out. And I remember thinking I was getting really selfish and nasty, which was not me, and saying I should be the one going first. I'm sicker. That person was me. I I didn't realise till my husband a few months back showed me photos of various times during those months, and the lady was me. I didn't recognise me. I was very thin. I was very grey. So I must have been watching them do all this to me, and (laughs) there I was thinking this lady was getting in front of me. She was jumping (laughs) the line to be blown out. (laughs) I was getting really cranky with her. So, yeah, there's more to just living. There are other planes, I'm pretty sure of it. I don't know where I was, but I was there watching them.
2: Did you feel like you were up above or were you down on ground level?
1: No, no, I was above and I was watching them, looking down. I could see the lady clearly. Um, and I was getting upset because she was choking. They were trying to intubate her and she was choking. And I was thinking, why don't you do something? You know, why don't you sedate her more? And I, I mean, I've got no idea what they were doing, but I was getting quite upset. But it's been 18 months and hubby shared me the photos and I just went, oh, my God, hun, that's me. That was me. That was the lady. I
2: wonder, so is there any? Different levels. Yeah. Yes, there are. Um, after the 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 many many people i've interviewed now i i would agree that there are different planes and different dimensions and there are beings and spirits and all sorts of entities around yeah. us all the time yeah so i wonder if if rob do you think he might be like would would he be would he be like a the spirit of a a grandparent, or what were your grandparents' names?
1: Not a Rob. Not a Rob. We've been doing <laughs> we've been doing ancestry since before this happened. Okay. Um, and one thing that is consistent is they were Roman Catholic Irish, and they were all named Daniel, Bernard, Michael,
2: <laughs> Patrick, maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 Patrick as well. <laughs> Um, John, Jack, Margaret, Mary, but there's no, there's no Rob, no Roberta, (laughs) nothing. That threw us a whole different slant because I always thought that they were saints or along those lines, but he didn't even have a saint type name.
2: It's so interesting that you got the name Rob. Um, it was
1: on his shirt, very clear in yellow sewing,
2: yellow embroidery. And it's a blue, blue King G work shirt or whatever brand, yep. but blue work shirt, blue pants. I wonder if there was an orderly there at the hospital, maybe who, whose name was Rob, and maybe he he's he, is a spirit who hangs out there, perhaps.
1: Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I
2: don't know. I just had a I just had a thought, but he probably wouldn't be wearing. Well, it depends. It depends. It depends on the hospital and when it. I mean, if it's only recently, I don't know what orderlies wear, but they generally wear like scrubs, don't they? Like like all the other...
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I bet, but he may be from way before scrubs. Yeah, potentially, potentially. It, um, it yeah. certainly sounds
2: to me like you have a guardian angel and that you were meant to live. There's There's been intervention to make sure that you're still here.
1: Well, the the proof of that is... In the year prior to that, this happening, and after this has happened, numerous friends of mine have also had severe heart attacks during marathons and whatever, and died on the spot. Nothing was done. Nothing could be done. And yet, as bad as I was, I kept going. Um, So, you know, something else was working by my side, obviously.
2: And so all of all of those heart issues happened because the surgeon nicked your heart nicked the while, while doing an doing an exploratory
1: angiogram. Angiogram. <laughs> there was Far something wrong. Out.
2: Did you did you get any compensation from from him? No. No. Um I hope you got at least an apology and a bunch of flowers or something. <laughs> no, I got a bill. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> I got a bill? Oh my um, god. Did you oh, yeah. I would have said taken it back to them and tore it up in their faces.
1: And the thing is we don't even qualify for the doll. Um, Hubby had to stay home and look after me Um, and then his job closed in October last year. They went robotic and everyone lost their job. But because we both thought dumb, really dumb, we both thought we would keep our jobs and go back to them one day, we kept our jobs. And Of course, his work closed in October and I've never gone back. We went, we need help. So we applied for the doll, but we have to wait 365 days because we were employed. So they've given me disability, but because I was employed, I can't get any payment till May next year. So we live on reverse mortgage, but that's fine. We're on a farm and...
2: Wow, it's fine. Oh wow, well. well, Leanne, you're, you're incredibly, you're incredibly. If you work, you're punished. Calm and don't forgiving, whereas I, I have a feeling I might be raging at the world right in your place.
1: Just don't go to work. It's not worth it if
2: something goes wrong. No, and don't go to the bloody doctor because they're just going to, they're just going to give you an, an, an angiogram and nick your artery at the same time. I haven't, and then send you bill. a bill.
1: You're right. It's yeah. I would have been better off just, yeah, bludging along. Well, I ended up with more than that. I mean, I nearly lost my feet because the clots in my legs and my feet, um, clots in my brain, I had numerous strokes. I still aspirate when I eat and drink, but I Mm -hmm. haven't told them that. Yeah, I, I can't go far, which has really upset my big footing. We're only just getting to the point now where we've walked to the back of my property a few times, and I said to Ken, right, it's, Getting better weather, we can start hitting the trails again around the area and having a bit of fun. But we won't be going far. We even thought of an electric bike, you know, so I could yeah just get tired and zip along. Yeah, an, ele- an electric
2: I'm... an electric mountain bike of some kind or, or an yeah. ele- electric trike even.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah That's yes. what I'm thinking. Because um, yeah. I didn't qualify for NDIS, so. Bloody hell. <laughs> can't
2: in the fridge door, or cut a piece of cheese. Oh, Leanne, my my, I'm so I'm so feeling for for anything. That's just
1: (laughs) bloody awful. Oh, you've got to laugh at it. But you know what? My little town here. I came out of hospital, and we said we're going to have to move. Yeah, we're going to have to move where I can walk, because you know, on the farm it's just too hard. um, Where I can do things, and it was easier for Ken. And lo and behold, my local town opened up a, a women's shed, a cafe opened. All sorts of things opened. I came back to a different town, and I'm like a pig in mud here. I'm really happy. So, and I get out and I do things, and life's good. So, that just, well, that warms yeah. my heart
2: to hear. You're, you're an incredibly brave and high vibrational, positive spirit. You are because that's that's to, to have gone through what you've gone through and to have still have the positive attitude that you do. My 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 hat goes off to you. You're a
0: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Amazing. You're amazing. Well,
1: the other strange thing, apart from the horse that disappeared from the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um... tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> When we first moved here it was from the bush behind us. Okay, we were the second street and the second property on the right from town. And of course now there's numerous streets between us and town and numerous houses. And even a new one up the back behind us in the bush. Now the bush behind me leads up right up all the way down to Braidwood, from Braidwood all the way down to Maria, all the way from my place out through the Milton National Park all the way to Jarvis Bay. And we used to have strange things happen, um, but we used to put them down to the galahs. When we have long galahs this time of the year, they tend to kick the pine cones off and they'll fly over the roof and drop them, you know, and bang, bang, bang all over the roof, block the drains. We used to get strange, like Kenneth say? but the birds aren't out at night. And I'd go, well, that one is, yeah. <laughs> maybe it was, a, maybe it was an owl. <laughs> <laughs> again, we thought nothing well, of it. Things would, would bang. Anyway, um, we had no verandas on the house at the time, and we had, we had this makeshift pathway made of shipping cra- oh, not shipping container, um, crates. You know, the pallets. The front door, and a few times kangaroos had got themselves caught in there, got their two legs caught in between the pallets, and we'd have to go save them. So, any banging around outside, we put down to just wildlife. But I found a footprint. Now, it wasn't a really big footprint, it was bigger than my husband's, who's a size 10, but it was barefoot. And it was in the paddock next to the house where the horses live and the chooks hang out and it was very unusual because we get minus eight degrees here in winter. Everything freezes and yet someone was walking around out there barefoot. I don't know whether it was a human but within months of that happening, we, we had very old horses but my boy was 38 when we put him down. Um, my daughter's pony, she was probably about 500 kilos. She was a Welsh bee, so she was a stocky girl. We put her down just before dark. We didn't want to leave her out there. In the situation she was in for the foxes and that to get her while well, she was still alive, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we put her down and we moved her up to the, we just towed her up the back. and put her near the back gate, near the bush that leads to everywhere. And we said, we'll go up in the morning. We'll either throw some lime on her, depending on the ground, or we'll bury her because she was Holly's. Our horses, we didn't really worry. We let nature take care, but it was hers. Anyway, we went up the next morning with our bags of lime and everything, and she was gone, completely gone. No drag marks, nothing. That is so
2: odd. So no, no drag marks around?
1: No drag marks, no meat, no fur. Nothing. Something had picked her up and carried her off. How big a horse was she? She was about 500 kilos. Right. When I when I towed the two of them, they added up to 1,200. So I'd say, you know, my boy was probably 650. She was about 500 kilos. She was a wide girl, you know, about 14 hands high, but very, very wide. And so she wouldn't have been easy to pick up even. But something had obviously picked her up and carried her off.
2: And no, not hide nor hair of her at all. Ever seen Literally. It
1: ever. Yeah, right. None. So I, at that stage, was physically healthy and had my big dog that I went with. And um, I would, my friend and I actually, we would, our horses would have sleepovers. She'd ride to my house and we'd go for a ride every week. And um We'd ride up through there and we rode up through there week after week, day after day, never saw any skerrick of her. And we were always looking for her. Don't know where the hell she went. We yeah. saw, we heard nothing. But that's when I, when I started looking up Bigfoot or Yowies, I thought, were those noises animals? You know, because I used to think they were pretty cocky with the two big dogs we had to come that close. Now I was starting to think maybe there was more to it than what we thought.
2: And this is at at your property in Tarago?
1: Up the back of my property, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, yeah, on my property. But of course, it's changed since, and there's people living up behind, and there's people living all up through the bush, little dotted houses up there. Um, So uh, we know that one lady has a thylacine on her home cameras it was her house was abandoned for about five years when she moved in the dog's food kept getting eaten the dog was always hungry so they put cameras in and definitely there was a thylacine it was coming every night to eat the dog food um, (laughs) and then disappearing yeah Yeah, and there's been sightings right through from from around the braidwood area so you know when we all looked at it we went wow yeah that's that doesn't shock us, especially down in the Mongalo and Monga National Park and that. But um, a phallocene wouldn't pick my horse up. (laughs) Where did the horse go?
2: No, exactly. Tarago, Victoria, is it?
1: No, no, Tarago, New South Wales.
2: Tarago, New South Wales.
1: And I really... Oh, that's the one that's right next to Lake, Lake Bathurst, is that it? Yes, yes, I'm near Lake Bathurst, um, but over on the bush. And and I really didn't want to say anything until I heard that lovely lady from Canberra talking about her sighting at Collector. And at the time I went, there's nowhere for a bloody Yowie to live at Collector. And then someone said to me on this side of Lake George, you know, there used to be Yowies through here. And the story started. And I went, surely not now. Surely not. There's, there's houses everywhere. But maybe they are still here. I mean, Bretto is just over the range from us. He's on the coast, but oh. my road leads to his road. Yeah, right, right, right. We're Bretto. on either side yeah. of the Morton National Park. Okay, got you. Yeah. So my Yowies probably visit his Yowies. Potentially, yes.
2: That's really interesting. Old, actually, look, you're right. Yeah, you're not far from him at all. Well, you know, we've got some mountains in the middle as the crow flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's very isolated through there. I mean, I've ridden my horses through there um, for years and years and years. And I have seen some strange things. There's emus as well. So you've got to be careful at what footprints you find. But it's extremely isolated. I mean, it's a gorge that you really, it's hard to get down into. The only way you can get down into that gorge is from, What we call Stewart's Crossing, our little private area that us locals know about, and we get in our kayaks and we'll ride through the rapids into the gorge. It's it's sheer on either side. Lots of caves, lots of wildlife.
2: Well, the 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 caves are one of the theories is that our our hairy friends live and move around. Uh, using a, a network of caves, so if you've got lots of caves, potentially you have you have yaois in the area. Mm. Well, that one, well, the one to... you saw, you didn't you say that there was a cave just behind? Right behind him. Right yeah. behind
1: him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know whether we went in there. Uh, I don't know. Um, he might have been going in there for the day. He's probably nocturnal, but. Yeah, it's a very isolated part of the world right through there. And I know further down from Braidwood, every now and then I'll throw the word out. You know, I'll go, I heard there's a hairy man down there, you know. And some people will just laugh and some people will say, yes, down by one of the streams, there's a few. (laughs) And I'll go, So, yeah, you get both reactions. But the people who have seen them down there, I mean, there was one years ago, and that's another thing that woke me up to when I started researching. There was one on the King's Highway, apparently. A bloke had broken down, stepped out while he was on the King's Highway just out of Braidwood. Now, I'm thinking he was at Wherry where the Shoalhaven that goes through our gorge continues through the side of Braidwood all the way down to Maria. So they've got to be through there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's just so darn isolating. Like yeah. If they're living in there, they're going to have to stay in there. I don't think they could get out. They, they would have to be territorial in that area. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for
2: sharing all of those stories. I am blown away. <laughs> I at, could talk forever, honestly. <laughs> uh, you are you are a brave, strong woman. I, my hat goes off to you to for, to have gone through what you've gone through. Uh, and come out the other side bubbly and effervescent as you are, um, well, it's wonderful. I
1: had my entire ward listening to you overnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that in your message. I love that. <laughs> Everyone listened except for footy night, of course. Of course, <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd we'd order Thai from every, and they'd say, "Put your podcast on."
2: I'm just I I was so chuffed when when I read that. So you're sitting there on on whatever night it is on Wednesdays or whatever, listening to to, to the podcast, and uh, and everyone's listening in while you're getting re- while you're getting better.
1: <laughs> well, I was behind, so we listen to you every night. Oh wow! And then when we, <laughs> right. and when we stopped listening to you. We listened to Cade. Oh, and- lovely. When we didn't listen to him, we listened to Sasquatch Chronicles. Oh, yes, of course. So, you know, the whole lot of the ward were very versed on yowies. (laughs) That is fantastic. (laughs) And the beauty of all this happening is that now I don't work, I can't work, I'm about to get well enough with my stick to go out any time of the day, any time of the week.
2: Go you. And
1: do investigate.
2: Love it, love so, it. Yeah, it all
1: happened for a reason. Yeah, yeah. for
2: sure. Um, you
1: should hear what happened to me in Arnhem Land. Yeah, oh, like what? Very, very magical. Uh, I was working in Arnhem Land, in, I won't say the community, but um, we were told, taught in our Aboriginal studies through where I was working, that you know, this part of Arnhem Land is quite magical, often black magic, um, voodoo, voodoo, things like that. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, what a load of crap, you know. And off I went, got flown into this remote community with my dentist that I was working with. I was He was being an absolute pig, the dentist. He was really being a pig and it's harsh conditions there. So, you know, it was just really bad. And the first chance I got to get away from him, I did. And we're warned not to walk alone as a, a white female in those communities, especially after dark. But I couldn't do it. I off I went. I don't listen, you know. I'd go, well, who wants to, you know, rape and murder a forty-year-old woman? You know? <laughs> so I'd go for these walks just on dusk after work every evening. And yes, I walked along the Roper River where, you know, luckily a bloke said came and told me. He was really nice actually. He was an Aboriginal bloke, and he must have realised. He would scare me. So he sent his girlfriend to tell me that where I was standing was on top of a crocodile nest. Oh, I was fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was fishing right there. And um, so, you know, I, I only ever found them good people. Anyway, there was this little girl. She kept coming up to me, dark girl, Aboriginal girl, about probably eight or nine. She had this lovely white dress with big coloured flowers on it, sundress, and she never had shoes on. Um, which they don't wear. And wherever I went, you know, I went up to look at the old church and she just appeared. And the Aboriginal children, Aboriginal people, are like that. They do just appear, they're very quiet. So I thought nothing of that. Anyway, um, I saw her and then I said, oh, well, I better go, you know. And I went back to where I was staying and she just vanished into the bush. And then the next day down, you know, fishing on the river, she appeared again from another direction, Um, and I, you know, once again I finished and off she went. I hadn't mentioned this to anyone, and staying with us was, we stay in dongers, you know, with a lot of other health professionals and there was another young woman there who was a psychiatrist and counsellor, and we would talk at night till all hours on the veranda, and she said to me, you know, yeah, Phil's been really worried about you. You know, you really need to stop doing this wandering. You know, blah 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 blah. And I said, I'm not alone. I said, there's a little girl. She just keeps appearing. And we have a chat, and I said she's a local kid. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. She said, what does this little girl look like? And I said, well, she's a nice little girl, always spotless in the same dress. Didn't even register with me that this white dress wouldn't have been spotless day after day in that red dirt. Um, and Anyway, the next day a mum came in and she had a little baby and she was in a lot of pain and so I held the baby and sang songs to it while the boss made her tooth numb and did his job and she just, I think she must have just thought I was the best thing on earth because all her friends then came and they bought me things and they invited me to a corroboree that night. So it had been going on all week. I could hear the the clapsticks and that in the distance, but I didn't go because you know of respect. But when I got invited, I went, and the psychiatrist lady came with me, and we watched the ceremony and everything. And I learnt that someone had died quite brutally, um, a female, a young female, um, and this was going to go on until the body came back from Darwin from autopsy. So. Walking home that night, um, a group of kids ran up and gave me a pin, just a pin, you know, like a straight pin. And the girl I was working with said, What did they give you? You know, and I said, Oh, just this pin. She said, Toss that, throw that away, you know, don't take anything from them. Do not take it back to your donga, don't put it on your person. It's voodoo voodoo. And I went, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to put it on the ground because some kid with no shoes could walk on it. So I held on to it. She said to me, have you put it down? She could, and I could say, no, look, I'm going to put it somewhere safe. Anyway, I came home. Of course, I didn't put, I put it up on top of my wardrobe. Anyway, um had seen the little girl, thought nothing of it. And come home and it was months later, my English friend. The English seemed to be very honed to ghosts and spirits. And we were talking, and I told her about, you know, I showed a photo, you know, and I said, I was walking with this little girl. She was a lovely kid. And it, it she had the same. She said, what, what little girl? And I thought, well, Why is they so concerned? Like, this community was full of little girls. And I, I just couldn't work it out. Anyway, we talked about this for a long, long time. And the dentist I was with, contacted me and you we're know, we going back out do you want to come with me because we sort of had our own little team they picked who they wanted to work with anyway I went out and the night before we started work we got there and it, w- it was topsy-turvy trip and um because we're flying we fly in a little plane from from Darwin into these little basically roads where they leave an ambulance and you just jump in it and drive to the clinic you've got no idea where you're going and The ambulance wasn't there and the plane lost a wheel and we had a bit of a dodgy landing and whatever. So I went back to my room and I was very, very tired and I laid down and that little girl's face came. And she said, as clear as day, they're looking for a truck, but it's really a cruiser, and disappeared. And I thought, what's that about? So I spoke to my friend that night and I said to him, you know that kid, you know how you said she was a ghost, blah, 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 blah. And I said, she said, yeah. I said, I told her what had happened. She said, you need to go and talk to someone. So lo and behold, the next day, my partner in the next room was robbed. So the cops came down. And I thought, oh, well, they're here. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to sound stupid. So I said to him, "Um, can I have a word with you? And he said, yeah, sure. You know, we sat on the stairs. And I said, look, I don't want to so weird and I told him what had been happening. And I said, well, Lo and behold, I said, last night, that same little girl, just her face and the top of her dress came, and they said, she said very clearly, like she was in the room, they're looking for a truck, but it's really a cruiser. And the lights went on in his head. And he said, Can you come to the station? So the next afternoon I he picked me up and took me because it's not safe to walk. And um, he asked many questions, and I really didn't have many answers except that. But it turns out that that was the dress the little girl was buried in. And they were looking for a truck. Someone had said there it, it, it had just finished the right, the wet season, and in those communities, the only thing that can get in that close to the wet season are trucks, and they call Land Cruisers trucks.
2: Mm, yes. Right.
1: And they'd been racking their brains over the fact that no truck had come into the community. There was no truck. They had had no deliveries. And I could vouch for that because the shop was empty when we got there. And within a week, they caught the bloke. It was two of them, and it was a Land Cruiser ute. And they had... So they had killed this little girl? they, They had raped and murdered the little girl under the bridge.
2: Oh, the little girl who was appearing to you in the dress. That I dress. had been
1: seeing, <gasps> Right. Yeah. And, and he was like, well, oh, yes, of course, I mean, these are dirty communities. I mean, not dirty, but, you know, it's red dust. Oh, yeah. Why just, was you're, her beautiful yeah. white dress so spotless all the time? Every yes, day she had it on and it remained spotless. So many things when I went over it, I realised, yeah, I should have been more
2: aware. Oh, my God. And so she managed to communicate to you Something that then the police were able to put together and catch the two guys who murdered her. Yep. As wow. soon as I said that to me,
1: which meant nothing to me. And that's when he came down and when we had a good talk, um, he said to me, you know, yeah, because out uh, here we call a Land Cruiser Ute, a truck. A truck. Far well, out, Leanne. So it wasn't a truck. It was a local bloke in his Land Cruiser. That's that's how no one had come into the town through the wet.
2: And did you see her again after that?
1: Never again, Ah. never again. So I I picked my um, pin off the top of my cupboard that I'd left there months before and took it out to the tree and stuck it in the tree. I thought that'll ground it or earth it, hopefully, and do something.
2: Do you think that, do you think the pin had anything to do with? the little girl's spirit
1: I think maybe that pin is why she came back when I was there the next time right that was our connection right it makes no sense to me in whitefellow land but I got rid of the pin mystery solved
2: what a, what a wonderful story. I'm so heartbroken for the poor little girl, <laughs> the poor young girl who was, was brutally murdered and raped. But um, was, yeah. how, how heartwarming and I'm almost, I'm actually, my eyes are welling up <laughs> just hearing that story because it's, oh, the poor little girl, but, but you managed to to then help her. She was able to, to guide you and you were able to share the inform- information
1: with the police. How wonderful. De- definitely, because I was never going back there. It was the worst community I'd ever worked in and I was never going back there. Right, Worst as in very violent or not safe? Yeah, it was very violent, very, very, very violent. Um, But, you know, my my dentist rang and he said, come on, come on, you know. And I went, all right, I'll come with you this time, you know. And it was meant to be.
2: I love that story. (laughs) When was
1: that? How long ago was that? Oh, uh, probably five years now. Okay, so
2: about 2017 or something.
1: It was pretty much my last placement up there in that area. I, I did the islands after that, New Year, Milling, Gimby, Manning, Rita, Um but I stayed out of that area.
2: That was up near Arnhem Land somewhere?
1: Yeah, up in uh, Arnhem southeast Arnhem Land, Arnhem Land yep. on the Rapa River. Yeah, yeah okay, got you country
2: yes have you found throughout your life well clearly what what you've you've certainly been visited by spirits and there's you have a, a connection with oh, don't start me with the other world <laughs> so I'm I'm guessing that you've had lots of other stuff going on in your life Leanne am I right
1: I've denied it all my life okay I've denied it all my life I even deny that what happened then <laughs> I, even though I saw the Yowie, I still denied that I saw a yowie. <laughs> Um it's only since this last big lesson that I've realised maybe, I'm not admitting it but maybe there's more out there <laughs> and I grew up in a haunted house So
2: you, know, you, you grew uh, up yeah. in a haunted house yeah oh, I grew right. up in a
1: haunted house and it was just normal for us to wake up, you know um, we'd have a lot and folks going in the morning, and when we'd get up, the table would be all set. Um, oh, and that's weird mum hadn't mum hadn't done it right you know, things like that it was so yeah, we just even though these things happened right in front of us, we sort of lived in denial and since having this last big episode, I lost my brain completely, really. I've had to learn to read and write and everything. I see things. I don't know how to control it. I don't know how to make sense of it. Um, There's a lady not far from me who I keep seeing her walking along her road holding a little girl's hand. And I really want to just reach out to her and ask what's going on. But the other week she put on Facebook that she was mourning. And I thought maybe that's why they've moved to the area and maybe it was the child. And the kid keeps pulling a cheesy face and saying, I love you, just the face. I love you. And every time I see this woman, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? I just can't stop it. But this all started um, since being sick. The other stuff happened prior and it was nowhere near as, as clear and bossy I'm like this is bossy it comes straight into my head
2: now right you're talking so you this lady you were, you were just talking about seeing with a little girl mm. that you're seeing her in your third eye in your mind or I saying, must be right yeah. You know, yeah she's not actually a real uh, she's a, she's a real person but you're seeing an image of her I'm seeing what looks
1: very real like that little girl mm-hmm we're her own little girl, a little blonde girl. And I did ask her the other day. She was talking to me and I said to her, so does she have blonde hair? She was talking about her niece. And she said, yeah. And I thought, oh, I'd love to ask what her uniform, because she's in a, a little white polo shirt with blue stripe down the side and red collar. And I'm, I'm just slowly tiptoeing around it. Oh, so you <laughs> so think I that m- maybe...
2: Maybe you're seeing visions of her and the little girl, but the little girl's potentially passed or something like that.
1: I'm, I'm thinking it may have been her little girl, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And things like that are happening a lot now, and very clearly, like I cannot deny it now, whereas growing up I could just think nothing of it, you know. And But since being sick, it's... And I couldn't understand it. Like at first we just put it down to the brain damage that um, I was getting overstimulated because, you know, I I would go – if there were too many doctors coming to the room at once, I couldn't cope. But over the last few weeks, I've realised that it's more than just those people coming in. I'm hearing the voices of millions of people. What you? Everyone's trying to tell me things and I don't know how to – deal with
2: that you're hearing the voice oh so these voices are coming into your head
1: Uh, yeah
2: right okay yeah
1: and that's what i started to think you know i wonder if these people with autism you know how they're overstimulated are they hearing the same are they hearing these voices these people telling them things
2: and so are there are they are the voices that are coming into your head, are they people mm. that you know or are they not, strangers? Just No strangers. And do you hear, Do you think you're hearing I've, people's thoughts or you hearing or are they I sort think of I'm premonitions? Yes.
1: I think I'm hearing spirits because right. a lot of the time they're pointing to a person. But there's so many of them talking at once that and I just feel like saying to all the others, Shut up, I want to hear him. <laughs> and it
2: might be they so the spirits in the spirit world might have worked out that you can hear them and so so they're wanting you to pass on messages about things I perhaps i think
1: that might be it because they keep pointing often they point to a person that's in front of me in the mall or at the pub and the other what tipped me off to this was the other week i walked into our local pub and a man walked in and I got this cold shudder and <laughs> it was really loud and really violent. And he looked at me. And when he looked at me, he had a, a large black mist behind him and it looked evil. And I recovered from my cold shiver. Like everything stood up. And I said to my friend, I've got to go. And we just left. I didn't know what else to do but to run away. And after that, I sat down and I thought about it, and thought about it, and thought about it. And I thought, this has got to be related. It's all got to be related, and I keep saying to Caroline, "Do you remember when I had that cold shiver?" And she goes, "Yeah, you who know, was the bloke that went past?" Goes, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who he was. I don't think he was a local. So, if you yeah. if you ever
2: feel like you need to talk to someone about this stuff in particular, uh, I, you will be familiar with if you've listened to the podcast. You'll be familiar with my friend Jazz. She sees ghosts I all the to time. Her just the other night, yeah. yeah. So she me and two together. She's, a, she's the most beautiful, beautiful person. Uh, she's actually helped. A f- I've had a few people reach out to me in the last few months saying, oh, I've got spirit activity at home. I'm feeling really frightened. Uh, people yep. have been having a really hard time. And I've put them in touch with Jazz and she's been able to help them get a handle on what's going on. With one guy, she's actually managed to stop all the activity in his house, which was really cool. Um oh, that'd be great. But if you if you would like I can get in touch with no, her if and she say wants to. Oh yeah, look yeah. she's 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 absolutely delighted to help in this way. Um she, she's she's been having that that sort of thing happened to her since she was a child as well. And, well, and it's it was, gotten You go on. Yeah.
1: Go on, no you go on. It's gotten to a stage where I won't go anywhere busy. In case it happens, you know? Yeah. I
2: just can't shut them out. I'm sure so there'd be there would be ways of being able to shut them out. I don't. I don't. I'm not an expert in this, so I don't know how myself. Uh, but I do have, I do have some good contacts of people who might. I've also got Daryl, the shaman, uh, the shamanic healer. He works in the spirit world as well. He might have an idea of, of how to, how to shut that out. Uh, if, oh, if, that would if, be good. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it with me. I'll get in touch with um, both of them and see if it's something that they could help with, and and if it's if it's impacting on your life, if you're, you're feeling like you don't want to go anywhere busy because you're getting you're getting lots of lots of people, lots of spirits, lots of something trying to make contact with you,
1: then yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's
2: not so fun and something you want to you want to get a handle on.
1: Well, if they are spirits, I mean, I, I did nothing in the beginning because I, I was a bit scatterbrained. But you know the brain's good now, yeah. and it's making more sense. And, and I'm it's thinking, still happening. Mm. It's all right when it's just one or two people that might have someone. But you know, when it's a shopping mall with you know, 100 people, and out of them 30 people have someone pointing to them and trying to make contact. Right. So, so,
2: so <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so just imagining you're walking into a shopping centre, and so are you then getting. Um, bombarded with images in yes. your thir- images in your third eye of uh, people you don't know, like, the spirit of someone you don't know pointing to someone yeah. else, going, "I want to." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this is like yeah. a movie, Leanne. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I, I see dead people,
1: <laughs> and it, it's, <laughs> it's just like nothing I sense. can do about it. I can't go to these people and say, "Look, this man's pointing at you," because they're going to think I'm crazy. Yeah, like what do you? What do you?
2: Yeah, but are they pointing and giving you any information at the same time? Like, can you tell? Please tell this person that uh, the treasure is buried. You know, I buried Grandma's ring under the rose bush out the back, or something like that.
1: I know the new lotto numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Or or.
2: Be, be... Or well, this person killed kills me yeah. and and you know this is the guilty one like are they giving you are they giving you information or just pointing?
1: They're all talking at once, oh gosh, and just there's one bloke in a light blue polo shirt, and he's a character um and he seems to stick out from the crowd. I've seen this lady a few times, and he's always with because it's a small town, and she works at Coles. Um, And I think because she's behind the register and all the others are people in the mall, he sticks out. And he's talking to me and he says, it's her, it's her. And he's pointing with a smile. So she hasn't done anything bad. But then he goes on to say things, but there's other voices as well with other people in the line walking past. And I can't make sense of him.
2: Right. Because there's too many people talking at once. I need them all to go away. Yeah, and listen to just him. Yeah, or, or, or line up in the queue and wait your turn.
1: <laughs> that that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm a different person now to what when I first reported that yeah. yeah. It Doesn't really worry me now. Well, that's it. It's out there.
2: <laughs> Uncle Uncle Donny was the the original Australian <laughs> elder I spoke to yesterday. Was explaining to me that he believes. Yahweh's show themselves to humans for particular reasons. They're not it's never random. And one of those reasons is to cause a spiritual awakening in that person. And... Well, a
1: lot has happened since I did see him. All mm. of this has happened. Although I did grow up in a haunted house. So a lot of things happened back then too. Yeah. So maybe yeah, yeah, I just yeah. needed that jolt and maybe I didn't take that hint with the yowie. Maybe. So they gave him a bigger job.
2: Maybe. See that that could <laughs> electric shock.
1: Could very well be
2: the case, Leanne. Um it's a bloody harsh harsh lesson to, to have to go through what you
1: what you've been through. Oh yeah, it's been hell. Mainly for my hubby but
2: Oh yeah, the poor man. watching the woman he loves go through something like that would have been just awful.
1: And he did it all alone. Oh bless. You know, staying in Sydney and he was there every day, and I knew nothing about it. Oh. I was on another planet. Oh wow! Go <laughs> hubby. He, was worrying.
2: he must be an absolutely yeah. gorgeous man.
1: Oh, he's absolutely amazing. Absolutely, he's gone out of his way so much, and and my my town has too. You know, they've, they've all been there. So. Oh,
2: great! That's good to hear. That's fantastic to hear that you've had that support. Yeah, um, sounds like you've needed it. We're going through well, all that stuff.
1: It, it's definitely happened for a reason. Yeah, I know it sounds terrible, but I'm a lot more spiritual than I've ever been. I just need to know how to tell those people to all well, shut up or get in line. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well,
2: we'll let's work on that. I'll um just do your shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's got to be a way to block that out. I'm sure there is. is. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can find out and and. Uh... And put you in touch with the right people who might know what to do.
1: Because <laughs> I, ke- I kept saying to my husband, I think I'm autistic now. <laughs> you know, I, I was wearing earmuffs, you know, blocking the noise, and I was still in there. And, right. and, you, you, and, and you make contact with your eyes and that's it. They're there. So I was walking around like ashamed and trying not to look at anyone. Yeah, so hopefully jazz will know how to quieten
2: them all down. She might, yeah, or Daryl. Because I think they're yeah. telling
1: me useless. They're telling me useless stuff. I'm pretty sure of it.
2: Well, use, use, useless to you, but maybe there's something. If it is actually a spirit trying to, they they might really want that person they're pointing to, to know something important to them. Nothing to do with you, but they, they're knowing they know you can see them, so they're, they're hoping that you can pass on that message for them. But it's. It's yeah you're not the right you're not in the right time and space to to be dealing with other people's shit at the moment really are you <laughs> It's like
1: that bloke the other night that I listened to I think it's Bredo he said he looked up that clearing made eye contact and it knew and it's like me. If I make my contact with one of them, that's it. We're locked in. We're friends for life. <laughs> and the whole story comes out.
2: <laughs> are they then, do you find that they're, so they, are they following you around?
1: No. No. They so tend to hang around their person.
2: person. Right. Okay. Got it. So that's good. That is, that is good that you're not bringing them, all, <laughs> bringing them all back to your house. That's good.
1: I just live, live on a farm in the middle of nowhere, nice and quiet. As long as no one visits with one, I'm right.
2: And that was Leanne with her incredible experiences. I just can't imagine how hectic it would be to have so many ghosts wanting my attention every time I go to the shops. How intense would that be? Um, I know you're listening, Leanne. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. To come out of what you've been through with the kind heart and the sense of humour that you still have, you are one remarkable, brave, strong woman. You're amazing. And for the listeners, just so you know, I have introduced Leanne to Daryl, the shaman, and Yowie Central's very own jazz. So they've been giving her some support and some advice about how to get a handle on the pointing ghost situation that's happening and all those uh, spirits that are wanting Leanne's attention. Well, that's all I've got for you this week. I will be back as soon as I can. If it's not next week, I'm hoping for the week after. If you've seen a Yowie or experienced something strange or mysterious, I would love to talk to you. And I know the Yowie Central listeners would love to hear your story. So get in touch with me via Central at gmail.com or via private message on Messenger. And I do have Daryl the Shaman on for our next show and he will be sharing some of his incredible knowledge and wisdom around the spirit world with us. And I'm really excited to share that one with you. So tune in next show. Stay safe, people. See you next time.
0: Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're going to crush your soul. They call him. Sasquatch You pretty young thing better hide the glint of your diamond ring. Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine. Hear cry, hear howl, looking for someone you're about. Disembod-